Today on the Word of Life AG podcast, Pastor Randy Chiz continues his series on the Life Path. Mark your calendars, our first Life Path meeting is on October 7th, 2018. Head over to wordoflifeag.org connect to get connected. Today's message is all about discovering your design. Your smartphones, what it is, whatever it is you're going to use. If you don't have any of that, we have projections behind us here so that you can follow along, and I'm sure that you are going to be blessed. Uh, we are at week two of a three week series entitled Life Path. Uh, I'm going to stop one more time. Um, Last week, we had uh, Miss America here, Harry and Cheryl Salem. They were with us. They've been with us a number of times. Uh, But they asked me to say this to you, and I'm going to. You made them feel like they're at home. They said this. They said this. Now, they travel all over. They go all over the nation. They go to amazing churches, and they said this. If we had our choice to raise our kids and to be in a church, we would want it to be Word of Life because these people are so incredibly gracious and loving and kind. So I want to let you know that that's what they think of you at Word of Life. And I think of you that way as well. So let's move on. Let's move on. We are at week two of a three-week series entitled Life Path. Tell you more about that in just a moment. Today's message is discover your design. Discover your design. We do our best around here. We really do. We do our best around here to make it known that God has a vision for your life. God has a vision for your life. Now listen, I want, I want every teenager, I want every millennial, I want every adult, senior adult, I want you to look at me right now. I want you to hear what I'm going to say to you. I, I really believe that God has a vision for you. As important as it is for the church to have a vision. And we began with the vision of the church two Sundays ago. Last week was the Salem's. The week before was uh, uh, week one of our three-week series. As important as it is for the church to have a vision, it is equally important to me as your pastor that you... That all of you, young and old alike, that you would sense and you would feel and you would believe that that God has a vision for your life because he does. God has a vision for your life. He's not going to abandon that. He has a plan for you. There's things that he has made you to do, want you to do. So whoever you are, whoever you are today, wherever you may be, you may be a Christ follower or you may not. You may not even be sure if you believe in the Bible. You're not even sure why you're here at church today. But we're glad that you're here. We really are. So whoever you are, maybe life is good right now. Maybe things are going great. Or maybe your life is all messed up right now. Uh, go with me to Proverbs chapter, chapter uh, 29. Proverbs chapter 29. Let me get my computer ready here. And it says these words. I want to just read the first part. Please keep the projection up on, on the screen of that, this particular verse for a moment. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Did you hear that? Proverbs 29, 18. The Bible, says, the Bible says that if people can't see what God is doing, they will stumble all over themselves. Could it be? Could it be that the mess that you're dealing with, we talked about some people may be having it great right now, others may be having a mess in their life. Um, the Bible is saying something like this to us. Could it be that the mess that you're dealing with isn't really about the mess that you're dealing with? Could it be that, that you don't have something greater in your life than that mess that you keep on running back to? And could it be, could it be that you don't see or you don't know what God is wanting to do in your life? You may not even have a clue that the God of heaven has a plan for you. He wants to do something in and through your life and that can change everything for you instantly. If you would believe God, if you would come to know God, he can change things in your life instantly. At least from the inside out, he begins to do that kind of work. That's what God would want to do. And then the conclusion of that verse, it says this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Listen, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed, the Bible says. They are most blessed is what the word of God says. Do you know what the word blessed means? Do you know what that really is? It means happy. Then people are happy. When you're doing what God wants you to do, what he's created you to do, you're going to end up being a happy person. And that's part of our vision for you here at Word of Life, that you would be be blessed by God. You would be happy with what God is doing in your life. Our vision for, uh, for your life is that you would experience this spiritual journey. Now, let me stop here just for a moment and say this to you. If you've been attending Word of Life for the last 
I don't know, 18 months, 16, 18 months, you've heard me talk about the spiritual journey a lot. You've heard me talk about it a lot, and I'm going to be continuing to talk about it a lot for years to come. This isn't something that we're doing it once and we're done. No, we're going to continue on. So um, we believe, we believe here, our vision for your, for your life is that you would experience this spiritual journey that you would know God. That you would know God, that you would come into an intimate, personal, real, vibrant way of a relationship with God. And with that power of knowing God, coming to know God, to know who he is, and to know his power, you would then find freedom. The second step, you would then find freedom in your life from that thing that, that's keeping you down, from that thing that's holding you back, from that thing that's wearing you out. From that thing that's wearing you out, wherever that has come from. Whatever those things are, maybe it's your, maybe it's your finances, maybe, maybe it's relationships, or maybe it's your health, maybe there's things going on with your health right now, or, or maybe it's addictions that you're involved with, or maybe even emotional issues that you're dealing with. The truth is, the truth is all of us, every one of us, needs some measure of healing and deliverance in order that would take us to our third step so that we could discover our purpose, discover our purpose once you wipe away all the junk of your past, once you've gotten through step number two <coughs> in, that, in that journey, once you've gotten past that, and then you're, you're discovering your purpose, once you get rid of all of that junk, you're going to be able to, to see that God has something great in store for you. You will begin to feel confident. You'll begin to uh, be able to, to start doing things that would cause you to make a difference. Number four, the first thing, you would do things that would be making a difference. And that, again, is something of a new beginning. That, again, is something that is life-changing. When you're making a difference in the life of another individual or another group or wherever, whatever the people may be, it's that opportunity. And uh, one of the things that God has done for us here at Word of Life is to give us enough vision, that vision, to give us enough vision to help people understand the spiritual journey this, this spiritual journey, and uh, through what we call now at Word of Life, we call this our life path. There's a way for you to understand the spiritual journey, and the way you will learn that is through what we call the life path. And just so you know, the life path, it guides us to discover our redemptive purpose and to live the life that God has created for you. God has a plan for you. God has a vision for your life. It's incredible, it's amazing. And it's up to you whether you would want to be a part of that or not. And so um, the Word of Life life path guides us to, do, to discover our redemptive purpose, to live the life that God has created for us. And there's three simple steps in this, um, in this life path that I wanna quickly tell you. I mentioned this two weeks ago, I want you to hear it again today so that you'll begin to understand, you become familiar with this. Whether you're an old timer here at Word of Life or this is your first Sunday. So there's three steps. Step number one is that you would become a member. You would become a member. Explore the, explore the ministry of Word of Life and find out how to connect with this church. And so step number one, step number one is always going to be the first Sunday of the month. This is brand new for us. First, uh, step number one is always the first Sunday of the month. Step number two is to discover your design. Discover your design. Dive into the details of your personality. Discover your gifts and see how your design reveals your purpose in life and where you would fit best here at Word of Life Church. Step number two always happens on the second Sunday of the month. And then, of course, there's step number three, and that is make a difference. Make a difference. This is something, I, I smile at this because it's one of the most exciting things that you can do is make the difference, make a difference in somebody's life. And this is where you find out what it means to be a, a leader at Word of Life. And to be a leader means you're gonna be a person of influence. You're gonna have influence in the lives of other people. You're gonna be a leader. You're gonna be a person who is influencing others. And learn how to strengthen your character and giftings to fulfill your leadership potential at Word of Life. And of course, step three is on what, what, what Sunday of the month the third Sunday of the month. It's simple. It really is simple. I, I play with you a little bit with that, but we want to make this as simple as we can possibly make it. So that's enough about life path. Let's stop right there. Let me jump into the meat of where I want to go today with the message. I'm excited about this message. I trust that God is going to be speaking to all of our hearts. I want to talk to you about a very important gift that God has given every single one of us. I want to talk to you about a very important gift that God has 
given every person on the planet of every generation. God has a plan. God has a gift for us. Actually, there are many gifts that are mentioned throughout the Bible. <clears throat> but what I want to talk about very quickly are three gifts. Three different gifts. And the first two that I'm going to mention, I'm going to get through them like that. It's going to be very quick. The third one is where we're going to hang this morning. So, so let me talk about these three gifts. That There's many more, but let me talk about these three. The first one is called the gift of eternal life. The gift of eternal life. Now, when you look at that word gift there, the gift of eternal life, that word gift is the same as a birthday gift kind of thing or a Christmas gift. In other words, it's a free gift to you. It's undeserved. And the reason why it's being given to you is because you're so deeply loved. You're loved. And that's why you receive that gift. So that first gift is called the gift of eternal life. Go with me to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans chapter 6, 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible is saying something like this to us. If you commit even just one sin, one sin, the payment for that one sin is death. Somebody has to die. In God's world, just asking for forgiveness doesn't, doesn't take care of the sin that you've done. There has to be a payment for the sin against God, and it's death. No, really, it's death. But the good news is this, and most of us in this room know this. The good news is, is that somebody already has died for your sin, and for my sin, and for all the sins of the world. You don't have to die yet if you've sinned. I trust that you have. I'm assuming that you have, whatever that sin may look like. Randy has. Uh, so you don't have to die yet. And does anybody want to venture a guess who is the one that took care of our sin? Would anybody want to say his name? His name is, is Jesus. Jesus is the one who paid for all of our sin. He is the forgiver of all of our sin. Because Jesus died for our sin, we are able to be forgiven when we ask God to forgive us. The gift of eternal life was given to all of us who would believe what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. That he gave his life. He laid down his life. He became the sacrifice for our sin. He paid it all for us. Would you give the Lord a round of applause? He is a good God, worthy of all praise. He's amazing. He is amazing. Gift number two. Gift number two is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just before Jesus was arrested, just before he was arrested and was about ready to, to go to the cross, Jesus looked at his disciples and he said something like this, you can't handle this. You can't handle this world. There is too much going on. There are too many needs. You can't do this in your own strength. You can't do this in your own power. You need a helper is what Jesus said. You need a special gift. Go with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. And it, I begin in the middle there. Jesus says these words, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Go down to verse 8. Jesus still speaking, verse 8 of that same chapter. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses all over the world, is what Jesus said. Jesus is making it clear that the Holy Spirit is the one who will give you all the power that you need to be able to do what God wants you to do and to get through in this life. If you agree with me on that, would you give me an amen? amen. Number three, this is where we hang today. We're going to be here for just a few moments. Um, gift number three is called spiritual gifts. We call that one spiritual gifts. Go with me to Romans. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse six. Here's what Paul says. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? We all have spiritual gifts, different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, uh, prophesying, then prophesy. In, in accordance with your faith. If it is in serving, then serve. <clears throat> if it is in teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then encouragement. Give encouragement. If it is in giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, be cheerful about it. 
Be cheerful being someone who is showing all kinds of mercy. Just so you know that in, in the words of that particular verse where it talks about, verse six, it talks about um, g- gifts and grace, you need to understand that in the Greek language, that was the exact same word. In other words, uh, gifts mean grace and grace means gifts. It's the exact same thing. And the scripture is telling, uh, telling us today is that every one of us have been given a gift. Every one of us, you have a gift. And the gift has come from God. Every one of us have a gift. It's not just a gift, but it's called a grace gift in the Bible. It's a grace gift. It's not, it's not a natural gift that you have. It's not, not that you, uh, you, you have a great intellect. You can build things. You can make a pretty home, whatever those things are that you're able to do. It's not that. No, it's special. It's a grace gift given to you, given to me by God himself. Randy has a grace gift. You have a grace gift given to each and every one of us by God himself. Let me say it this way. It's a gift that God gave you for the purpose of your own fulfillment and for changing the world. It's not just only so you feel good, but you will feel good using the gift that God has given you. But it's also about changing the world. And once you discover your grace, grace, grace gift, gift you're going you're gonna to find it easy for you. As you're working with your grace gift, as you begin to move. Now, maybe in the beginning, you'll stumble once or twice or three times, but you're going to continue to move on in this grace gift that God has given you, and you're going to find that it's easy for you. Grace gift is something that that really motivates you. You become compassionate about your great, uh, you, you become uh, passionate about your grace gift. You actually begin to see things through the lens of the gift that you have. You can just see yourself serving him, serving her, doing that for them, whatever those things are. It's just something that ends up being part of your life because of the gift. For me, it's preaching God's word. One of the gifts that God has given me is, is he's given me the opportunity to preach his word. To stand in front of a crowd is rather normal for me. I'm not too awfully nervous about it. But for some of you, if I was to ask you to preach next Sunday, if I was to ask this kid to preach next Sunday, I think you'd do a good job. But if I was to ask you to do that, probably as you got up to come here to preach, you'd start puking and vomiting all the way up here and just say, forget it, I can't do that. It, it is hard, I will admit. But the fact of the matter is there's other things that I just can't do. There's a lot of you who really like to work with kids. You really like that. <laughs> and uh, um, I love kids. I want you to know that I love kids a lot, especially if you're taking care of them. That's when I really love them. I think it's really, really wonderful. I do. Well, anyhow, every, every one of us have a grace gift given to us from God. And it's important to us here at Word of Life that you see this within the scripture that we just read to you. Go with me to 2 Timothy, if you would. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Love this. I love what Paul says here. 2 Timothy 1, 6, Paul says, For this reason I remind you, Timothy, uh, that you are to fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into flame the gift of God which is, is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul tells Timothy something like this. You need to stir up that gift that's in you. You need to stir it up, that gift. You you need to make it burn brightly. He says, fan into flame. You know what that means. If you start fanning some, some, uh, what do you call it? Mold? You, you can make a fire out of just fanning into flame. And so, and so, see, I was so mad at myself yesterday and I'm still mad at me. No, I'm not. Um, You can make that burn brightly so that that gift that you have will fulfill its full potential that God intended. That gift, you fan into flame. You you dig deep after that. You go after that thing so that, that it will fulfill its full potential that God intended. In other words, something like this. If you're part of the life team here, life team at Word of Life, and you serve on the cafe, then listen, man, you, you, should, be, you should be serving with a smile. You should be welcoming everybody. We, we give away coffee here. Coffee is for free. If you go for specialized coffee, you're going to pay through the nose. But when it comes to regular coffee, it's free. We give it to you. And so if you're, you're part of the life team and you're serving at the cafe, smile. Welcome people. Make them feel good. That you're glad to see them. Or if maybe you're part of the, uh, the life team, you're in the parking lot. Well, of course, to me, that, that is probably the single most important ministry that we have right now. We've only been doing this now for a few months, but I, I want you to continue to move on. We need more of you to do part of the, th- this ministry here of, of our parking team. But the reason why it's so important to us is because you're the first face. You're the first person at Word of Life that a guest is meeting for the very first time. 
And of course, we want you to be happy with them too. We want you to be someone who's going to be smiling. Uh, you're going to want to make people feel welcomed and wanted that they're here. Man, we've been waiting for you to come. We're glad that you're here today. And or maybe you're part of the, of the uh, life team and you're on the worship team. You're one of the, whether you're older or younger, it doesn't matter at all. But maybe uh, being a part of the worship team, your genuine worship will inspire the rest of us to worship God as you do. Whatever those things are, that that gift that God gave you fulfills its full potential that God intended it to be when you're doing and being what God has called you to do and to be. Give me an amen for that if you would. Another reason to pursue God with his grace gifts, with his grace gifts, is the way that people see the church and its leadership. Think about this with me for a moment. It's the way that people see the church and its leadership. When you go back to the Old Testament, the Old Testament, God worked through priest. He worked through priest. Only the priest could go into the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is where God himself would dwell, just so you know. So, so God would work through priests. God would work through priests, and they would go into the Holy of Holies. And as a priest, they had the responsibility to pray for the nation Israel. They would come into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, and they would pray for the nation of Israel. That's the way it was in the Old Testament. But, but then Jesus came. Jesus came into this world, lived a sinless life, literally sinless. He lived a sinless life. He was arrested and beaten, and he would be crucified on a cross for my sin and your sin, and the sins of all the world. This is incredible to me. What I'm sharing with you is incredible. It's not on your notes. It's not in your notes. But in Mark chapter 15, verses 37 through 39, is where I'm going to be sharing with you what I'm telling you right now. This is incredible. While Jesus was, was paying the penalty for my sin and your sin, when Jesus cried out these words, it is finished. When Jesus said those words, it is finished, and he breathed the last, according to verse 38 in Matthew, excuse me, in Mark 15, the Bible says when he breathed his last, the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. I mean, nobody was there. Nobody cut it with scissors or with a knife or with a sword. When Jesus said, it is finished, and he breathed his last, the curtain of the temple, the Bible says, was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And that, that veil in the Holy of Holies, just so you know, it is 30 feet wide. It is 30 feet tall. And it is about four inches thick. It is about four inches thick. That veil in the Holy of Holies, that veil was torn in two from top to bottom. And do you know why it was torn? Do you know why it was torn, uh, torn in two? So that from that moment when Jesus said, it is finished, I've accomplished what needed to be accomplished, and he gave up his spirit. The reason from that moment on, everybody can have access to God themselves. Everybody. You do not need a priest. You do not need a pastor in order to connect with God. Come on, give me a, give me a round of applause for God being so good to us. From that moment on, everybody can have access to God themselves. Again, you don't need a priest and you don't need a pastor to do that. Go with me to Hebrews chapter four. This is, this is probably, I'm gonna say about many verses, but this is my favorite. Hebrews chapter four, beginning of verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but in all points, tempted as we are yet without sin, yet without sin, the Bible says. So let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. We can go directly to God no matter what the issue is. He welcomes you. He wants you. The Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of, not arrogantly, but boldly confident that I can come into this place and I can be with you, God, and you will show me, you will speak to me, you will inspire me, you will help me with whatever it is that you and I are doing. It's incredible. Then Peter says these words. Peter says these words. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. 
You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Peter tells us um, God now looks at you and me who are believers in Jesus and he says this, you who are a chosen generation. In other words, I thought of you. I thought of this generation. It was in my plan from the very beginning. You are a chosen people. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That means that you and you and you and you and you and me and us you are a priest is what the Bible says. We are priests. We are all ministers. That means that you and I, you and I can come boldly before God and let our request made known to him. So then the question would be, what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together they can advance his purpose in our world. Just so you know, just so you know, this is God's hope and this is God's dream. God's hope is that you would have that. God's hope is that you would live in that. So I challenge you, somebody may want to help this lady with this little baby who's crying so we don't get distracted here. This is really important. What we find here within the word of God, this is God's dream and his hope that you and I would discover our gifts and we would make a difference in our world. This is what he's hoping for. This is what he's wanting. But there's a problem. And the problem is this, that more than 87%, 87% of the body of Christ in the United States of America, they never discover their spiritual gift. Did you hear what I said? Get your thoughts back here into this message. It's God's hope that we would reach our world and, and with our gifts that he's given us. And the reality is 87% of those in the United States of America have no idea what their spiritual gift is. Those Christians, they have no idea whatsoever. The Bible tells us that God has already put that gift in you and I. And what we are to do is that we are to do something about this. What we are to do, there's three things I want you to do. Step number one, three things I want you to do is discover the gifts that God has given you. Discover the gift that God has given you. There could be multiple gifts, but you need to discover that. You need to start digging. You need to dig in deep in God's word uh, for the gifts that he has got for you in your life. If you are one of the 87% who are in this room today and you don't know what your gift is, if you don't know, well then that's step number one for you. You need to get to that place of understanding what your gift would be, where your gift is at. The Bible says that God has already put that in you and you need to find it. When you discover that gift, start using it. It will bring great fulfillment to you when you use the gift that God has given you. You can lay your head on a pillow at night and you can say, this is the day the Lord has made. It's been a wonderful day. God, you've done something great in me and you're doing something great through me. It's a wonderful thing that God makes available. Go with me to Psalm 139, one of my favorites. I say it all the time, but it's one of my favorites. I love what David says here. He says in verse 13, Psalm 139, beginning of verse 13, for you created my inmost being. Stop right there. I, I love this. David is declaring, you're the one you're the one who's created me. You're the one who has created me, God. You, 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 you've given me everything that I have. You, how I feel and how I think and, and why I laugh or why I would cry. You, you've, you've created me. You've created every part of my emotions and my passions that I have. Let me finish reading that verse. He says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. He says, I love this. Verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. This verse I wish was yours. I wish that you would be able to say, you know what, pastor, this is talking about me. I know that God has fearfully and wonderfully made me. What he has planned for my life is wonderful. I'm hoping and I'm praying that that would be your testimony, that you would be able to say things like that rather than, oh, are you kidding me another day? I'm a failure, I'm a loser. Whatever the things are that you say within your mind and heart because that's what you believe about yourself. Go with me to verse 15 and 16. He says this, and this is incredible to me as well. I want you to hear this. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, listen to verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, but not one of them came to be. It hadn't happened yet. Do you know what this verse is saying to us? This is incredible. This is wonderful. 
The Bible is saying here, it's talking about in verse, verse 15, it says, my frame was not hidden from you. I was made in the secret place. I was woven together in the depths of the earth. This is before, before he's even born. This is before mommy and daddy came together and there was a conception. This is before all of that. This is before all of that. In other words, what God is saying here is this, that God created the thing for you to do before he created you. Did you hear that? Let me say it again. That God created the thing for you to do before he even created you. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. He's not a child. He's not a baby. He's not a little boy. There's not a little girl here. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. In other words, God created the thing for you to do before he created you. So in other words, God intentionally created, created you to be. You to be, to be that, to do that, to go there. God created that. God was thinking of all of that. He was creating you with all of that in mind, knowing that that's what you were going to be. That's what you're going to do. He created the gifts for you so that you can make that happen. I don't know about you, but I think we serve an awesome God. It is beyond my imagination. In other words, <coughs> your design will reveal your destiny. Your design, who you are, is going to reveal where you're going to end up, where you're going, what God is going to do in you and through you. We believe here at Word of Life that one of the most important things that you need to do is to go on one of our life paths, to go to our, our life path and know what it means to be a member. Know what it means to be a member here at Word of Life. Go on an exploration of your, your personal design. Start digging deep in God and discover those gifts that you already have in you. You have these special gifts, this grace gift that God has given you. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm talking about your personality profile. I'm talking about your temperament. I'm talking about what motivates you. I'm talking about your spiritual gifts. You and I should be on the, on the hunt for those things in our life. Word of Life Church is fully prepared to help you with all of that. That you would discover your design, how God has wired you how he has wired you, how he has created you, what gifts that he has given you. This is your journey. This is what you and I are to do. You are the one who needs to go after the gifts that God has for you. In fact, nobody can do that for you. I can't make that happen. Only you can do that. Is anybody hearing me? Would you give me an amen? Would you say something? This is what you and I are supposed to do. Jesus says, if you seek, you find. If you knock, the doors open. If you ask, you're going to receive. We find that within the scriptures. And that's exactly what step two is all about. It, in our life path, at Word of Life, we will help you to discover the gift that's inside of you. We're gonna help you with that. Step number two, which week of the, of the month is it? It's the second week of the month. You would discover that. And we encourage you to be a part of that. Number two, the second step that we need to take is to embrace the gifts that God has given each and every one of us. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse one, it says these words, it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Go with me to verse 12. Verse 12, even so, since you are, are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you should, that you seek to excel. And then Romans 12, 3. This, this, is a, this is a great verse, and I'm not gonna give it justice this morning. I'm not gonna be able to go deep because we're running behind time right now. But here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. He says, for by grace given me, I say to you, Paul says, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, with sober judgment in, in, in accordance with the faith uh, God has distributed to each of you. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. That God has distributed to each of you is what he is saying here. So what God is saying is something like this. When he says the word not to think more highly of yourself, he's not talking about here, just so you understand, he's not talking about that you think you're all that in a bag of chips. You know, he's not, he's not talking about that at all. Really what it is, is he's talking about the fact that we can't allow, allow worldliness to enter in as we identify our gifts. In other words, there can't be any jealousies, there can't be any competition. Why does he get to do that and I have to do that? You know, those kind of things. 
We're, we're not to be a part of that kind of an approach. Whatever gift God has given you, you need to do that. He says you need to think sober, sober thoughts about yourself. Be honest in your own evaluation as to who you are. When you begin to discover your gifts and the call of God, don't let worldliness all of a sudden direct your thoughts. You let God and his word. You decide that you're gonna follow God. You could have an improper view of yourself. For some of us that are in this room, I've already said it before, you may have poor self-esteem. For whatever reason, people picked on you, people said things about you, and you may, you, you may have poor self-esteem and a poor self-image. A wrong view could, could come from many different places in our life. It could be with, because of pride, it could be because somebody hurt you, it could be because of pain or anger that you're dealing with. Think of yourself, the Bible says, with a sober judgment with a sober judgment of who we really are and embrace the gift that God has given you, point number three, and that is this, that you would use the gifts that God has given you. Romans 12, six says again, Romans 12, six, I read it a few moments ago, it says we all have different gifts according to the grace, give, uh, to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith is what, is what it is saying here. We want you to get on a life team here at Word of Life. We want you to get on a life team. Join up with about the 400 plus people who right now are serving this church. Being a part of the life team means that you're, you're becoming a volunteer. But we want to get rid of the word volunteer and we want to call it life team. Because really you are bringing life. You are really doing something wonderful at Word of Life Church. God is using these men and women, the young adults and teenagers, to make a difference in the lives of others. And it's incredible. And that's our dream for you as well at Word of Life. In fact, two weeks from today, two weeks from today, we are launching our first Life Path cycle. We're going to be doing it on October 7th, immediately following the 10 a.m. service. You can be a part of that if you would like, or come another Sunday. You can come at any Sunday that you would, first, second, or third, but you need to complete all three in order to become the member and to get involved with the ministry here at Word of Life. So we just encourage you to do that. As I close off, as I begin to talk to you, uh, uh, closing off right now, um, one of my jobs as your pastor is to prepare you for eternity. To pre prepare you for your eternity. And really, heaven is a lot closer than you really think. It really is. I don't care how old you are, whether you're young or old. I believe heaven is a lot closer than we think. And when you get there to heaven, you're going to be asked two questions. Every one of us are going to be asked two questions. The first question is going to determine if you're going to end up in heaven or not. And the first question is, coming from God, he's going to look at you eye to eye, and he's going to ask you this question. What did you do with my son, Jesus? What did you do with my son, Jesus? The wrong answer is, well, I went to Word of Life Church, and I heard about him all the time. <laughs> I heard about Jesus all the time. Oh, that's a good thing to go to church and to hear about Jesus, but that's not the right answer. It's the wrong answer. Because church attendance, giving money, serving, praying is not enough. It's not enough for God. It's just not enough. The right answer is this. I gave my life to Jesus. He became the Lord and leader of my life. I follow him. Wherever he sends me, I want to go. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm going to do. Whatever he wants me to say, I'm going to say. He's my Lord and Savior. And then the Father's going to look at you and say something like this. Well, then come on in. You're going to smile. He's going to welcome you. Come on in. We've been waiting for you to come. The second question that you're going to be asked when you get, if you get into heaven, when you get into heaven is what I mean. It doesn't determine your eternal place, but what it does determine is your eternal reward. Your eternal reward. And the Father's going to look at you and ask you another question. What did you do with the gift that I gave you? What did you do with that gift that I gave you? And what you're going to say, and I'm, I, what you want to say is found in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, Good News Translation. I'm not going to read it to you. I'll just simply say it like this. What you are going to want to say is that, God, I did my best as a good manager of the gift that you gave me for the good of others. I did my best. I know I didn't do it right all the time, but I did my best. Did my best with the gift that you gave me to help others. Tina Parsley was with us in our first Life Path series message that we had two weeks ago. Tina shared her story, how she's fighting cancer and, and uh, been battling cancer, and it's, it's serious stuff that she's dealing with. Her video was amazing. You can go back into our website, and you can, you can watch that video. It, it was just incredible what she shared. Today, I asked Michelle Catrone to share her story. Michelle is one of the most respected women in all of Word of Life Church. She's really an incredible woman of God. She really is. And you know what? She loves people deeply, 
deeply. And I've asked her today that she would share her story of discovering her design. Hi, I am Michelle. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus, and I am super happy to be here and sharing my story with you. So I came to Word of Life about nine years ago, and I don't know what was different about this church, but I immediately felt at home and like I belonged here. And uh, shortly after coming, I don't remember the time frame exactly, but I went to a membership class, and I uh, one of the things that I did there was take a spiritual gift assessment and personality profile. I had done stuff like this in the corporate world with the personality side of things. And it was not surprising to me that the things that jumped off the page were that I was a people person. I love to be around people. That's um, how I learn. That's how I receive. That's how I process things. Um, I love to be in relationship with people. So I was in a life group leadership training and uh, there was two women and uh, that I didn't know, and uh, they were talking about leading a 12-step group for Christians. I had just led a small group and kind of felt like I wanted a break from leadership, and uh, I volunteered to be their administrative person. I'll send out your emails, I will uh, take your attendance, I'll do all that stuff for you, and I'll just be an assist to you. Uh, and that's how my journey in CR began. Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered 12-step program. Jesus Christ is healer. We just point to him, but we create a safe and loving environment where people can come in anonymously and walk the journey with other people that have suffered from the same kinds of stuff. So I'm still blown away that God would use my life experiences, things that um, were painful in my life, things that I was working through, and um, and I wasn't disqualified by those things. He actually used those things. Being firsthand witness to what God can do when you say yes to what I could do, you know? It was like, okay, administratively, I can do these things. I can print out some brochures and talk about what um, Celebrate Recovery is and, um, and use some of those administrative giftings. But he doesn't waste my hurts. He doesn't waste what I've been through in my life and, um, and my ability to, you know, it's easy for me to talk to people. That's, that's not a difficult thing for me, as people that know me. <laughs> um, and to be able to uh, use things that are naturally, that I'm naturally gifted at to help people blows my mind. It's only God that can put that stuff together. It's unbelievable to me, pinch me, that I have the privilege to work with women who want to come out of whatever place of hurt, habit, or hang-up that they have and seek Jesus for something different. Like, I've seen so much change in people, and it's not like we, we, you come in these rooms and we want to fix you and we want to make you different because you belong from the moment you come in. And to feel that um, I belong and, and that I get to help other people feel that immediately. For me to be able to be a part of that, whatever part God is able to use me in in that is an incredible thing. And... I cannot believe I get to do this. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause. Thank you, Michelle. I get to do this. She said, I get to do this. Not that I have to do it, I get to. I'm gonna close off our service a little bit differently than what I normally do. Bear with me just for a moment or two more. Back 20, 30 years ago, there used to be what would be called Sunday night services. I don't do them anymore. But there used to be years ago. And I remember years ago, 30 years, 30, 40 years ago now, when we would have a Sunday night service, every now and then the pastor would 
make a decision that what he would like to do is uh, just take a microphone and walk around to different people and let them take the mic and share their story, what's happened, what they've done, and uh, what God is doing in their lives. I decided I wanted to do something like that today, but you're not going to be asked to say anything, so don't be fearful. But I do want to share with you a couple of stories that, that I hope will bless you. So with that vision, that mindset, this is how I'm closing the service. So I take the mic and I pass the mic off to John. And here's John's response. My name is John, and I'm a priest, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. He says, and I have the gift of mercy. In other words, I hurt where people hurt. So I serve helping the refugees down in Syracuse, New York, and, and I love helping people who seem to be helpless. And then John said, and I get to do this. I get to do this. I was made for this. Then he hands the mic off to a young lady by the name of Liz. And she says, my name is Liz, and I have the gift of administration. I am a priest, and I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And she goes on to say, with my gift of administration, I, I serve the check-in process for life kids. I serve the first and the third Sunday of every month, and I'm just happy when it all goes well. We get those kids all checked in and do that quickly, and also for the visitors that they would feel oriented. And then Liz says, I was made for this. Then she takes the mic and hands it off to David. And he says, my name is David, and I have the gift of technology. I'm a priest, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And you never see me. You never see me on Sundays. Because I'm the guy who runs the projections that are right here. These projections that you see on the screens. That's me doing that. In fact, I just want you to know right now, you would never know any of the words of the song if it wasn't for me. And he goes on to say, even though I'm not on the stage all that much, I feel like I'm getting the word out just as much as PR is. And he said, I was made for this. Then it goes to Courtney. Courtney takes the mic. She's 16 years old. And she says, my name is Courtney. And I'm a priest. And I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I have the gift of evangelism. She says, our small group from church, we want our friends to be saved. We want our friends and our classmates to know Jesus. So we really do our best at our school to, to let people know, let our friends know that, that we care about them, that we love them, that we want to help them in any way that we can. And we do our best to make sure that they hear about Jesus, even those who, who mock us and even those who sometimes even bully us. But I was made for this. Then Mike gets the mic and he says, my name is Mike and I'm a leader. I'm a leader. It's just one of the things that I do. I, I am a, a leader and uh, as I lead, I, I'm a priest and I'm also a follower of Jesus Christ. And in this gift of leadership, I, I, want, I want to help people to really change, really change. So I lead a small group. It is a get out of debt small group. Uh, and, and the best day for me as a group leader is the day we cut up all the credit cards. And Mike said, I was made for this. Then Ashley, my name is Ashley and I'm shy. I'm a shy priest and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I have the gift of encouragement. I can make anybody feel good in about five, four, three, two, one seconds. So my small group go to different nursing homes in the Syracuse area. And we just hug people who haven't been hugged in a long time. And I was made for this. And then an 80-year-old lady gets up and she says, my name is Martha. I'm 80 years old and I live alone. I'm kind of lonely. But I'm a priest. And I follow Jesus Christ. And I have the gift of intercession and I can pray the paint off a wall. <laughs> so the church sends me some of the 
most urgent prayer needs of the church. And every week in my call, I am able to spend hours praying for people. And I was made for this. Then the mic went to Matt. And he goes, uh, my name is um, Matt. I'm a priest, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And um, I have the gift of um, goofiness. Goofiness. And I try my best to, to make our junior hires of our life youth to feel special. So I go to their games. I hang out with them. I spend a lot of time with the junior hires. And I was made for this. And then a mic comes to me. My name is Randy. And I'm not a reverend, just so you know. I'm as real of a man as you are, sir. And I'm a priest. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I have the gift of leadership and the gift of compassion. And I love, I love taking people on that spiritual journey that they would know God. And I was made for this. I was made for this. Would you stand to your feet? Would you all stand to your feet? Today, if you're here and you don't know God, we want you to know God. It's not about coming to this church. If you want to come here, great. But we want you to know God. So we're going to close off. We're going to be quick. We're not going to have a long closing here. But we're going to close off with one final song. And as we do, if you have any need, if our intercessors could please come, I'd appreciate it. If you have any need whatsoever in your life, anything going on, you don't need to be a member to be prayed for at Word of Life. Anything going on, would you, would you just come and let them pray over you while we're singing this last song? And then I'm going to dismiss every one of you. Thanks for joining us today. To connect with our church, head over to wordoflifeag.org connect. We'd love to have you join us for one of our services. Our service times are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For more information on our church, head over to wordoflifeag.org. Thanks for joining us.